Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Welcome, welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary, featuring Dave A.C. Sigfuckter Randall Thor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cult of Collective Commentaries. It's so good, I have to say it twice. Yes. I forgot where I'm going now. Ah, never mind. I'm sure it'll come back to me. And coming back to me right now is Mr. Dave AC. Hello, Dave. Yeah, I think you sound a bit battle-weary to me. Uh, yes, i got a few battle scars. <laughs> <laughs> and battling university at the moment, it's Mr. Randolph Thor. Hello, Ian. Hello, Dave. I'd like to take a sword to a midterm exam that I have this week. <laughs> oh, you're legendary, sir. You're legendary. <laughs> Ooh, I'm not sure you're going to make that because I think you're going to be cannon fodder tonight. <laughs> depends on whether this is the 80s or the 90s. <laughs> it all depends on how you date things. You may ask yourself, why are we here tonight? You may ask yourself why you're even bothering to listen to this. <laughs> but regardless... Recently, uh, if you're a Who fan, you know that uh, we recently lost the Brigadier. Nicholas Courtney has uh, has left Unit HQ and uh, gone off to Peru. And so we thought we'd uh, delve into the classic series and do a bit of a commentary to salute to the Brig and salute to uh, Nicholas Courtney. We're not going to be all mellow, weepy, and... Nope, this is a regular commentary, but we just thought we'd do it in honour of the passing of Nicholas Courtney. Hang on a minute. If it's an ordinary one, you cry anyway. Yeah, true. Uh, and for those of you who are wondering, we're actually using the original broadcast edition of Battlefield. We are breaking this up into, of course, a four-episode story. Uh, we will actually be handling the first two episodes with this commentary episode, and we will be continuing next week with the remaining two episodes. And it gives us a bit of a breather and allows us to sober up between now and the next one. <laughs> yeah, it gives us a chance to leave the trenches and uh, yes. get to safety and sharpen our swords. Yes, and reload. Need another five rounds, I think. <laughs> uh, so we're going to get right down to it. So if you have your official BBC copies of Battlefield Part 1, right after this episode, of course, we will have a bit of a chat session. All right, are you ready, gentlemen? Indeed. All right. Five counts rapid. In five, four. Three, two, one, play. Here we go. Time sequence from the 80s. Yes, and it so shows. <laughs> Purple, Although, I like it. This, this, it comes in a, uh, <laughs> comes in a close, uh, close in behind the uh, Stephen Moffat uh, Series 5 opening sequence. <laughs> I actually don't mind the music so much. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a product of its time. All very synthesizer heavy, and mm. uh, but here comes the one thing that a lot of people take are annoyed by: the wink. The wink. Oh no! The, the thing that makes me was the silver. Um, they, they actually, I didn't realize they painted his face silver for that. Yeah, it's like yeah. couldn't they have done some kind of visual effect over that to make it look silver? By oh, Ben Varabinich, is that? Aranovich. Part one in a garden center. Yes, we'll give you a few clues as to the visual nature now and again. Yes. Ah. Look, it's really the Brigadier. And Doris. <laughs> Why is she got her hand on her pants? Anyone know? <laughs> Seriously, she just had her hand, like, in her belt. It's like, okay. Well. This is, was this you in your retirement, Dave? Uh, not, not the flat hat. <laughs> oh, he's got the tweed coat, though, folks. And you haven't seen my rear guard, neither. Dear me. Oh, I beg your pardon? It's not that kind of a show. <laughs> Ooh. Meanwhile, at the sword... There can be only one. 
Uh, you're uh, your your turkey's ready. I don't know. <laughs> you're the one. Yay! Now, what colour hats are we wearing, guys? <laughs> None of this red stuff. Don't start that now. <laughs> well, at least we've actually got a, a, a an international force. Yeah. Now. Oh, look, it's the female rumour. No, I mean the female lister. Sir. Ah! <laughs> what a folk. Uh, are you going to enlighten us with some basic facts about airing, Ian? Well, no, let me turn the fan on. Um, <laughs> yes, of course, this story went out uh, from the 6th of September to the 27th of September in 1989 in the UK. I would have seen it, of course, um, probably on somebody's videotape. No, but uh, seriously, it went to air uh, June of 1990 in New Zealand. At the time, uh, I'm not entirely sure, actually, whether we were showing uh, the five five episodes a night or not. It's a very curious thing. Because they did manage to they did chop and change it quite a lot over the years. Yeah, we just saw Gene Marsh there as more Gates. Yes. Currently, just been seen in de upstairs, downstairs, mm. the uh, three-part series they did. Right, and of course, uh, the very darkened. Uh, if I'm remembering, this is one. It's just solely from my memory. Uh, there's a reason for the completely darkened set, is that they didn't have. I don't think they had all the uh, all the walls up. No, they were actually mm -hmm. deconstructing that set, and which is why you didn't see it at all in the last season. Yes. So I think all they have at the moment is is the those walls directly behind them, which is why you've got such close shots. And Ace looking so wonderful. I don't remember looking that good. Oh, yum! She still looks very very nice. Yeah, indeed. Very very. She's a very attractive woman. Mm. Um, not glamorous, but very very attractive. Mm. Oh, Vortigan Lake. Something for us. You're right, with Scott's tongue. Meanwhile, back at the sword. <laughs> there could be only one. And of course, uh, if you were like Mike in the United States, it screened in March of 1990. Oh, just ignore the hitchhikers. <laughs> oh, unless you were in uh, Illinois, you may not have seen this. Yeah. Ace, by the way, there, the other Sophie, I should say, is about 28, still playing a 17-year-old girl. Yes, and pulling it off rather nicely. And making it completely legal for us to go, oh, that's a bit of all right. Now, <laughs> <laughs> mm. of course, uh, this broadcast... Uh, I mean, the story marks a costume change for the Seventh Doctor. Uh, uh, most of his clothing is darker, most notably the coat, which is now a dark brown as opposed to the beige from the previous seasons. Uh, uh, yeah. This is to represent his darker, more manipulative character. Uh, this costume, uh, of course, continues to the end of the, the classic series run. Hang on, Superman's meteorites. Yeah, yeah. Well, set, don't interrupt the fascinating facts. When the Seventh Doctor next appears in the 1996 TV movie, he's wearing a completely redesigned outfit, with only his hat remaining, which is actually owned by Sylvester McCoy. And for those of you thinking, wow, he's got those fascinating facts just all right off that. No, I'm reading off the Wikipedia page. <laughs> so whether they're right or not, I don't know. But it makes, the in <laughs> makes for interesting viewing, I hope. It's what the internet says, and if it's on the internet... It, it must be true. Be true. <laughs> of course, the, the, the interesting thing about this, and whether it'll ever be picked up again, of course, it'll come up in an episode or two, is the references to the Doctor being Merlin. Yeah. And he's got a scarf. Most people don't think of him wearing a scarf. Right. <laughs> Which uh, does anybody happen to know the the whole? Um... She's got blue Peter badges on. Yeah, 
Sorry, go on. The, the whole reason why she calls him Professor? Uh, it, was it from the school? No, it wasn't. No, it can't be because it was in the cafe she first met him, wasn't it? In Dragonfire. Hmm. Yeah, but, uh, um, anyway, never mind. I'm sure somebody will write in. Answer on the back of a postcard. I've always wondered that, too. I don't know. (laughs) Explosions all around. Now, I, I can't say that The Seventh Doctor is one of my favourites, but I do like this pairing of uh, him and Ace. I think they worked incredibly well together. Yeah. There we go with the Doctor having all sorts of stuff in his pockets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been an ongoing thread from, I think, Cardinal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, this, we're still in the John Nathan... Turner era of Doctor here. Script editor uh, Andrew Carmel. Yes, the Carmel master plan. (laughs) Season 26, production code 7N, which I can never remember when I need to for Mike's quizzes. (laughs) (laughs) And one thing that we completely talked over there was the ID card that the the Doctor gave Ace, which uh, formerly belonged to Liz Shaw. Yes. Back in the Pertwee era. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Antiquated pass cards. <laughs> Off the record. Off the record. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> A bit more than disguise. Every time I say unit, I'll disguise, I'm going to drink. <laughs> Oh, yes, guys, we are drinking while we do this. Yes. Meanwhile, back with Doris. Ape it with the wings. Five rounds rapid. Oh, sorry. (laughs) This was one of the little clip sections we showed on our uh, tribute to the brig. Fade away. Yes, if you're big fans of the the Brigadier but haven't caught many of the Cult and Collective podcasts, just check uh, on Torture ID 54821 and uh, on the 27th of Feb we did our tribute to the Brigadier. Meanwhile... It's the uh, Risen Mitten, or what they called it. The Risen Mitten. Now, how much of this one was filmed? Is this a... It's not an all-filmed episode, is it? Because the picture's looking pretty good to me. Mm. That is a very good question. And which would enforce what uh, Mike had said at the beginning about uh, the set being removed. So they've mainly done this as an outside yes. thing. But there's actually an awful lot of on-location uh, 
work through the seventh doctor error. Braille? Yeah, the thing with the console room was, of course, they had already deconstructed that set entirely, and they just threw something quickly together for this episode. And uh, that's the last time the, the, the console room was seen in the classic series. Yes. It sounds like they were planning on cancelling the series the way you were talking. <laughs> the, chap behind, the chap behind the bar always plays policeman, usually. And I'm trying to remember whether it was... Uh, Bravo, Victor Bravo, he was he used to be on. Oh, look, it's a couple of Pepsi logos. <laughs> this story actually had uh, the working title oh, of yeah, Storm yeah. Over Avalon. Mm. Which actually is quite a good title, I kind of like that. Five pounds, it's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> Five pounds rapid. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Five pound piece. <laughs> the doctor. The now that looks unusual. Armour suits with guns. And going back to the theme of last appearances and such, this was, of course, the last story for Unit in the classic series. We wouldn't see them again until Aliens of London for the ninth doctor. <laughs> well, at least hear of them, at least. And of course, also, Nicholas Corny's last appearance is the Brigadier. Oh, right. But yeah. We haven't heard anything about the story itself. <laughs> Rattling off fascinating huh? facts. Oh, two fractions. What's the point of wearing all that bloody armour if just one <laughs> shot knocks him down? Sword by... Hold on, let me roll my initiative check. <laughs> Actually, for, for the times, that looks a fairly good sword fight. It's not in the usual slow motion they do. Uh -huh. Although I'm sure you'll see better Renaissance fairs. <laughs> Especially that carry-on. <laughs> she bugged me. Now, can you pronounce the name for us, Mike? Shu Ewing. Let's see if I can pronounce that name. Oh. Show you in, I believe. Sounds, sounds better. So, yeah. Okay, from now on, you get that job. <laughs> and we'll drink to it. Yes. <laughs> you people in your sight. <laughs> <laughs> you, you young people in your newfangled thing called sight. <laughs> Well, it's a scabbard. It's waiting for the sword, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> they keep showing the bloody thing. <laughs> and for anybody who uh, recognises uh, the blind lady that we were making fun of uh, from anything else, he was actually also in Earthshock as Burger. Burger. <laughs> Sorry, Burger. Back in his uniform. <laughs> and of course, uh, Doris isn't a new concept. Doris was mentioned as far back as Planet of the Spiders. Yeah, I was right. Uh, the 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 barman uh, is played by Noel Collins, and it was Juliet Bravo. He was known well for a long time.
Who needs sword fights? We have gunfights with explosions. Oh. <laughs> oh. The one in my car isn't working. <laughs> Oh. As if in those days you'd know what a nuclear missile looked like. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about a nuclear missile and you're interested in that scabbard. <laughs> yeah. Archaeologist. Here's an interesting note. Yeah. Oh. I'll bring it up. I'll bring it up in the next part because it's more apt than never mind. Actually, there's been some money spent on this. I mean, usually if they say, uh, "Can we have a helicopter?" Uh, if you remember in the 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 uh, the last uh, ten dot story with the master, I mean. Uh, they only mm -hmm. pretended to have a helicopter lift the master up. Couldn't afford to have one. Yeah. Spotlights and a crane. And was it end of, yeah, end of time part one, was it? Our part yes, two? Russell's like, we need helicopters. And Julie Gardner's like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we do, Mummy. <laughs> we can pretend. Use your imagination. Oh, and here's my least favorite part of this. Aside from the fact that um, you get to see Ace's... Um, what? Tight outfit. Uh, <laughs> this whole section just irks me. Uh, you'll, you'll see what I mean. It just seems so forced coming up. But yeah. Anyway, meanwhile, back to battle. Oop, back at the bar. Skill plasticine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More gossip. But that. <laughs> Gossip. Boom. <laughs> you missed your cue there. <laughs> yeah. I can oh. fly. More Pepsi. The <laughs> whole <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It's just. I see what you mean there. Yeah, it's just the timing on it is all wrong. Yeah. Yeah, the coach shouldn't have gone in that place. Yeah. And is she of drinking age? <laughs> Nothing against her. I'm sure she's a fine actress, but she's bloody annoying in this. But she shouldn't be smirking at that point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Doctor Who. Look at me. Sorry. because the lights are off. <laughs> Sorry. Quite possibly. <laughs> oh, look, so we left an old suit of armor in here. Androids. Everybody needs good answers. No, come on, come on. Sorry. Be serious. Blah! <laughs> Yes, and of course, uh, looking at uh, Sylvester McCoy's outfit, Peter Davison clearly did not have enough question marks in his costume. Ooh. Needs more question marks. Yes. No exception. Yes, we need more, more, damn it, more question marks, more cowbell. <laughs> I've got a fever for question marks. <laughs> Brigadier's doing that well with Doris there. Yeah. Yeah. She's a nice house, too. <laughs> Military uh, retirement. 
There we go. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> He's got you, mate. No, we won't. <laughs> freaky friends. Who are you calling freaky? <laughs> There's another. She doesn't like to be called names, does Ace? Cliffhanger, we're not at the end already, are we? That's yeah. Cliffhanger! Flown. Yeah. Wow. Yes, Morgan Jean Marsh. Heard that name before. Wonder where? Look at that, Lethbridge Stewart. You see, they, they, should do, they should do the whole thing. Bring us to Alistair Gordon, Lethbridge Stewart. Exactly. I'm quite enjoying the music. <laughs> music I don't have so much of a problem with. Ling Ta. It's just the interesting graphic sequence. It was state of the art then, I guess. Now it's just. Yeah. Crumpled up debris flying around in the vortex. Yes. And of course, all these people. Editor. Yes. Uh, Cartmel of the Cartmel Master Plan. Yeah. <laughs> looms, you know. Looms. It's all in the looms. And it all has to do with Ace. <laughs> what What's going to happen to her later on? Yes. Yes. Don't play in a bit. <laughs> First of all, uh, I mean, virtually all of that was filmed. There's obviously quite a good budget going on there. It doesn't look like a series that might be in some sort of trouble or maybe being considered, um, you know, not pulling its weight, but uh, what, it, what is it either side of? We've got The Greatest Show in the Galaxy was the pri story prior to this, and followed by Ghostlight, so... Which, I think, Ghostlight is derided way too much. I have new respect for it. I watched it recently and thought, you know, here's the show trying to go somewhere and didn't necessarily work at the time, but you could retool Ghostlight to new Doctor Who right now, and it would work. I mean, it would need a few bits of tweaks here and there, but you could get away with something of that tone. But anyway, we're talking about Battlefield. Nice open, and it, and it's nice that the Doctor hasn't seen um, uh, the brig yet. You know, they didn't kind of just you know thrust them straight in together. And, and it's nice that you know the payoff to to having the Brigadier in the episode isn't until a little later. Yep. Well, um, we're just giving you a moment to uh, yes. get your part two primed and ready. Mike, uh, any any thoughts that you want to just uh, add to where you feel as though the story was going from part one? Do you think it was a good opener? Yeah, it was, it was a good opener, and going along with what what Ian was saying there with the, the Doctor and the Brigadier on separate story strands there in, in the first episode, we saw how each of them became involved in the story. The, the two characters meet later on. That reunion wasn't placed there sort of forced in the fir first episode. So it's nice how it the story goes at its own pace and doesn't try to push things. So. Right. It was a nice story opener. Yeah, we had refer the reference to uh, to Merlin in this. Of course, and here I am reading again from the wiki. Uh, it's implied that Merlin is or will be a future incarnation of the Doctor. It is also possible that Merlin is an alternate uh, Doctor from the same parallel universe that Morgaine and the rest of the Knights come from. The Merlin Doctor uh, appears in the prologue to Mark Platt's novelization, described as wearing a floppy hat and an Afghan coat. The character also makes uh, cameo in uh, Aranovich's uh, Virgin New Adventures novel, Transit. Interestingly, he is discovered uh, described, and this is the this is why I wanted to bring this up, as having red hair. For all of you who are new to New Who, uh, or or who are new to Who with New Who and wonder why there's references to the Doctor not being ginger, red hair. This is where it stems from. 
Yeah, and I think we should also just make one thing about Jean Marsh, who's playing uh, Sit More Gain here. Um, uh, she'd been in Doctor Who before. She'd been in uh, the 1965 serial The Crusade, and uh, she'd been in lots of other things. She'd even been in The Twilight Zone, mm. uh, I Spy, The Saint, and UFO. Uh, and of course, as I mentioned before, she was in the long running upstairs, downstairs, and been in the playing roles, the parlour maid, and has been recently in that three part one that they did, which had Keely Hawks playing the new lady of the household. Hawks. There's no K in it. But anyway. You can call your girls Hawks. I don't. <laughs> oh, we have fun here, folks. Have you found your other copy? Indeed. <laughs> Because we must be moving on. Um, yes, she was also in the Tomorrow People. The new Tomorrow People, I believe. It was. Yes, the 1994 uh, uh, as uh, Dr. Kulix. But yes, she's in quite a... Yeah, the Eagle uh, has landed. Uh, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock's uh, Frenzy. She's also in one of my favourite movies, uh, The Return to Oz. She played Mombi. And she was also in Willow. Right. As Queen Bev Morda. But anyway, that's enough about that. <laughs> yeah. So if uh, you gentlemen are ready, we should... Oh, uh... one more important fact. Okay. She was married to John Pertwee. I did not know. Or maybe uh, I didn't forget. The third doctor. She married John Pertwee from 1955 till her divorce in 1960. There you see, you knew why you had me here, didn't you? Well, you didn't really. No, not really. <laughs> I thought it was just for wine-related commentary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm primed and ready. My powder's dry. <laughs> Mike, are you ready? Ready to go. Alrighty. Well, if everybody at home is uh, ready to go and have uh, the second part of Battlefield at the ready, we will begin in five, four, three, two, one, play. I'm getting used to the music now. <laughs> Still can't send the Series 5 music. <laughs> I feel as though I'm on a train when I'm listening to it. I'm sure that's where he got the uh, the idea for it. Which, of course, that, that rhythm right there is, uh, of course, uh, Series 3, the, the, that final story, Last the Time Lords, the rhythm that the Master keeps pounding out for the drums. That's exactly where that came from. You're kidding me. Nope. That's exactly where that came from. The sound of drums. That rhythm, that four-beat rhythm came from the theme. Oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just uh, considering that Jean Marsh, she was also in the 12-part serial, The Daleks Master Plan. Yes. Yep. Which I've got an interesting fact about that coming up, and it's tied into this episode, so hopefully okay. nobody gets me to it. Hey! Backing up a bit from that cliffhanger. Yes. Meanwhile, back at the exposition. <laughs> no, we're Somebody never tell going me how... <laughs> Sorry, Mike, what was that? We're never going to tell you. <laughs> Could somebody tell me when red tights became fashionable again? <laughs> Who are you calling, Freaky? And now we continue uh, with part two. Um, <laughs> well, this is... <laughs> More dread. <laughs> Also, as an extra in this uh, story, actually, we missed him. We completely missed him. Oh. In part one, Mark Warren. Oh. 
Mark Warren makes an appearance in part one. Oh, from Love and Monsters. Yes. I wish I'd read that little tidbit before. <laughs> It'd be yeah. fun to point out. Mark Warren! <laughs> let's go. Let's re-record that. He must have been quite young then. I mean, uh, is he about 40 now? So. And if I remember correctly, he was also an extra in remember, uh, Revelation of the Daleks. Ah. So, it's not, this isn't his first time in Doctor Who. He was born in 1967. So he'd be 21. 22. You're too cute and your accent's too hot for you to live. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and is he? Uh, actually, the, the the Nicholas Court is just coming up to about sixty here. Yeah. <gasps> <laughs> I do like that line though. They're just establishing credentials. He's getting his credentials <laughs> established on quite hard. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the sword. Lightning. Thunderbolts of lightning. Very, very frightening. Sorry, strong show. I do wonder, though, how he managed to deliver the dialogue that's coming up with straight face. It is a little uh, over the top. Look at the scabbard. <laughs> what was that? The curtain of night. <laughs> Again, curtain of night. Are you not I, listening? I've just realised how the old bloke in the beard is there with the drink. He's all from Juliet Bravo as well. He used to play one of the policemen. The old bloke. He's referring to Peter Wormsley. James Ellis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't recognise him. Biomass to biomass. Sorry. By the power of Grayskull. <laughs> hey, you two, behave. <laughs> Sorry. No, we're not. It's also in Zed cars. That's the one, Zed cars. That's the one I'm thinking of. He's actually had a very, very long uh, yeah. career. Played Bert Lynch, yeah. Back at the rave party. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We do love the show. There were ten green bottle. Oh, hey. five green bottle. Oh, hey, hey. damn it. <laughs> Sorry. You're upsetting the fans. There was one green bottle. 
I'm just thinking I'm glad there's no wine bottles falling off. Dave would be having a fit. Sip, drink. See, I like Angry McCoy. <laughs> this is on a whole nother level, though. <laughs> There's a pill for that. <laughs> we have lots of earthquakes in England. Being attacked by question marks. <laughs> oh. Gene Marsh knows how to make an entrance. Mm. And how to grow her nails. Yeah, for anyone wondering uh, the the dating of this uh, uh, story, continuity-wise, uh, of course the doctor mentions that there are several years in Ace's future, and there's the of course the five-pound coin, which is in common circulation. All road signs are in uh, kilometers, and the telephone in the hotel is apparently voice-operated. The novelization also mentions that uh, the sea levels have risen in places. And the date is sometime after 1995. The Virgin New Adventures novel, uh, The Dying Days, is set some months after it and feature Brigadier Barbera, and it is set in 1997. Which is probably mm. like 20 years before Unit. <laughs> Sorry. I've been crass again. Oh, Unit dating. Oh, Unit dating. Now, one of the reasons why we're Watching this is to pay tribute to the brig, but oh, here's his. Yes. He was taking a nap earlier. <laughs> it's interesting that the helicopter's not actually moving. <laughs> Outside it is, inside it's not. <laughs> That's the first time I've noticed that if you look behind them, the sky is moving. Pay no attention to the clouds. I still think that uh, it looks quite impressive in terms of uh, the you know the, the the money that's spent on it. It's not. Oh, yeah. I mean, digging digging big holes in the ground. Uh, the 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 trucks that they have. Yeah. Uh, it's all it's all money. Yeah. But you could say something in the field, you know. But a lot of a lot of uh, work's gone into this. I should have been there one minute and found something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it doesn't, it's not one of these where he says, get the Nitro 9 out. I know no, you're not carrying. Need a hole. Yeah. No. <laughs> Explosives. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's a fair old jump. Oh, oh, oh here, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> Do love that line. Yeah, nice long talk. 
Yeah, and to look say the clouds, that, look the clouds. You know, he must have been getting thinking that they got it in for him because um, he was nearly blown up in the the previous story, wasn't he? The uh, the the greatest show in the galaxy. Yeah. Actually, uh, this this one was actually uh, a lot more dangerous for uh, for Sophie, um, but we'll get to that soon. Yeah. Meanwhile, jogging through the forest. <laughs> Gotta love Bambera, though. It, it is a shame that, that it, I'm not entirely sure whether they they intended to continue her character, and this was a passing on of the torch. Right. It was obviously a trial, yeah. Yeah. At least had it on the back of a semi or something. <laughs> That's very tight fitting chainmail. And gold. <clears throat> She's a fair scenery chewer, I tell you that much. Somebody keeps turning the sound off for the helicopter. <laughs> Which you can tell mm. that the, 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 the fire coming from the helicopter is actually coming from the landing, the landing gear, not in the actual part of the helicopter. Sorry. Uh. It's completely uh. safe. <laughs> yes. The Romans had concrete, didn't they? I believe. So what the doctor the doctor can uh, part of, part of being a time lord is you can sense the age of concrete in your hands. No, the, 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 the Romans used concrete. Oops, there goes that budget. <laughs> I'll rub that for you. Uh, sorry, what? <laughs> That's it. Come on, Brigadier. That's what we're here for. Bet they got out. Tough love. Yeah. My mommy told me I'm fucking a soul. Sorry. Oh. I don't man are you. Sorry. I know that entirely too well. <laughs> Whoops. Showing off my geekhood. <laughs> Sell the title. Ooh. 
Well, I like spoken. his intro better than hers. <laughs> <laughs> Wormsley's lost the... <laughs> it's all too much for the poor fella. <laughs> Meanwhile, make it the sword. Ring, ring. Somebody answer that. Place. Stand by for a fascinating, interesting fact. Well, I'll let you be the judge of that. I just like that. <laughs> Open up, it's me. <laughs> hey, someone doesn't have a matching uniform. <laughs> Oops. I dressed in a hurry. And of course, the interesting thing about the scene with the uh, doctor and I mean, with the, the brig and Morgane, um, of course, she says the line and the, the next time uh, they meet, she will kill the brigadier. Uh, 2000 years later, during the Daleks master plan, Sarah Kingdom, played by Jean Marsh, kills Brett Vaughn, played by Nicholas Courtney. <laughs> boom. Of course, that Dalek's Master Plan was the first episode, or story rather, that Nicholas Courtney appeared in. Yes. Just by a different character. Yes. We all know it was the Brigadier in disguise. <laughs> Time traveling by yes. some Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. If the Big Bang can make sense, that can make sense. Exactly. Ooh, I've just got half a phantom down on me. <laughs> ah, there is another big set we saw. Well, model. Hey, well, back at the sword. She is very, very pretty. Yes, I was just saying that about her. Oh, sorry, they mean the ship. Mm-hmm. Waiting for filming to start in Wales. Oh, sorry. From one angle, it looks as though the sword was through him. Huh. <laughs> Look what you just did. Like that. Like that visual effect that we haven't noticed yet. <sighs> it's the Mara. <laughs> Oh, I think it's quite the time to panic. <laughs> yes. Now, how oh, often have you heard that line in Doctor Who? When I say run, run. Oh. Now, come on Ian, tell us your story. Well, I'll, I'll wait, actually, because this is the climax, so... Oh, uh... Cliffhanger. Yes. We'll discuss this as the credits roll.
No, you don't get many cliffhangers as good as that. Uh, and it really was a cliffhanger. Yeah. Uh, during the water tank scene, uh, of course, at the end of part two, uh, the tank's glass cracked, sending broken glass and water across the studio towards the electrical equipment. Of course, mm. by chance, uh, some McCoy noticed it in time to alert the crew, and Sophie was pulled out in time, and the studio was hurriedly evacuated. It's commonly believed by cast and crew that Aldred may have died if McCoy hadn't noticed it in time. Uh, Gary Downey has said that uh, she was in no danger and it was only the floor crew at risk. Uh, but, of course, this conflicts with every other cast and crew statement. So, Yeah, well, I, I've heard, at, uh, I think it was when he was at the Fab Cafe, he, yes. he was telling the story, and I think he said the actual glass was bulging first from the right. weight of the water behind it. It was actually mm -hmm. bulging, and he realised it was going to go. You know, of course, everybody's thinking how well she's acting the part. Right. And he's realising, he could see in her eyes that, you know, there was more than just acting there. And you can actually catch it at various scenes. You can actually see the crack in the glass. But, I, I mean, I think, you know, Gary's kind of just trying to fob it off, basically saying, oh, no, nothing was wrong, you know, cover the production's ass. Which is, you know, I can understand that. But, yeah, I mean, you can just imagine if, if the water had gone across the floor and had an electrical current, where would that have electrical current have gone uh, right mm. through all the water, you know. But yeah, it's a good one. That nice cliffhanger, actually. Um, and a nice resolution coming up to, which is where the whole, you know, our whole uh, salute to the Brigadier and Nicholas Courtney kind of kicks off. The Doctor and the Brig finally meet up. Mm. But so far, so good. I mean, yes, I've, I've, I've uh, had a good laugh at, at a lot of lines in this. And, uh, but that's, that's one of the things. It's like, we're Doctor Who fans. Yes, it's it's our job to kind of poke fun at it and, and and point out these things. But if you're not a Doctor Who fan and you point out for any reason that there's bad special effects or bad sets or bad acting, you can just leave right now. Just just go. It's our <laughs> job. <laughs> the thing I also mentioned about watching this, as I say, we've we've watched two episodes. Um, there, there was always this thought that some of these earlier episodes had a, you know, there was a lot of padding and uh, uh, stories that could have been told in six parts. Sorry, that were told in six parts could have been four. But I think this story, we've only seen half of it, of course, up to now. But there doesn't seem to be any padding in it. It, uh, it looks like it's going to be a good four-part story. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. Um, I'm not. T I still can't make my mind up whether I prefer 45-minute episodes. The, I don't. I mean, the twenty-five minutes goes so fast, but at least it does give you that chance to give the uh, those suspenseful moments. Right. That's why. I mean, I do love two parters in that regard, and, and the new series. I mean, I enjoyed it when I was growing up because it was serialized, and, and but in a way, I'm kind of glad that it's only on once a week now because you can make time for it, especially since it's on on a on a Saturday. It's not midweek. Uh, if you could imagine trying to catch up with something that was running, you know, three, I mean, as, as it was in New Zealand, it was running three or four days a week. Right. I understand in, in the UK, it was only on once a week, correct? And then it went to twice a week. Then it went to twice a week. Yeah, in New Zealand, it was almost uh, like a, you know, you watched it, 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 you know, it was on Monday through Friday. And then when they got done with it, they, they, I think they repeated it. <laughs> Which is a fair point, because obviously the cliffhanger really works when, you know, You've got a whole week of school to wait for the, you know, yeah. and the kids are talking about it at school and uh, they've got to wait. And I think children in those days could wait the week. I mean, whether with all the other programs they see now, they could, they just wouldn't stand that wait. Um, right. If I remember correctly, back when the, the PBS affiliate that I used to watch Doctor Who on when I was a kid, the PBS affiliate out of Georgia, they would show, they had a, a Saturday night block of British programming, and they showed two episodes of Doctor Who every week. So, you know, you had an hour of Doctor Who, and they would pretty much go in order. And, uh, yeah, that's where I remember seeing this originally, way back when. <laughs> and, of course, we've seen a little bit more of the, the, the reason why we picked this particular episode is uh, to uh, highlight the, uh, you know, the Brigadier and... Uh, Although it wasn't a great deal in those two parts, we we saw a couple of quite memorable scenes with him there, yes. uh, as the as the warrior, as it were. Right, and, and the the nice thing about this is a lot of the scenes that 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 Nick's in, that the brigadier appears in, it's a one on one kind of a thing. It's not uh, 
the brigadier commanding the troops and you know sending Benton in you know uh, with a couple of grenades or whatever. It's it's him out there on the battlefield uh, doing his bit, and is of course my favorite brigadier line coming up at the last episode. Those of you who know will know which line I'm talking about. Those of you who don't will have to wait until next week. Yes, because we are having a cliffhanger. Yes, it's a cliffhanger. Da -da -da -dum. <laughs> yes, Dave will Dave get the cork out of his next bottle? <laughs> will Mike stick with water? <laughs> <laughs> and will Ian do anything, <laughs> frankly? <laughs> will he laugh at all the inappropriate moments? Yes. And yes, always... yes. <laughs> I can tell you that I will. I will. All right. We'd like to thank you for joining us for this. Uh, we'll do a complete wrap-up, of course, of, of the entire story at the end of the next episode. We're, of course, done with the entire story of Battlefield. Uh, so until next week, it's goodbye from Mr. Randolpho. It's goodbye from Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>